Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. Hashtag full squad in the building. With me this week, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. Finally, back from a month-long safari where he only hunted endangered animals, Kid Presentable. I believe, Bobby, you mean the most dangerous game of all. Um, And that's no animal. That would be man, baby. That's right. But, the homeless um, man. The homeless man. Homeless man on <laughs> the know, ho- homeless iced tea. And if he can defeat my hunting group, he earns his freedom. You guys what remember? You guys remember bum fights? Like your... <laughs> remember those VHA stats with bum fights? Stefan's going with bum hunting. That's what's coming out. Okay. <laughs> God, I hated those bum. <laughs> fights. I, 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 I'll admit I haven't been following uh, the MMA news too closely recently. I, I feel like Khabib was in the news again for something recently. And then just all the comment section is what about what a good, solid guy Khabib is. But whenever people say that, all I think of are bum fights. Yeah. The man financed bum fights. Someone asked Khabib about gay people. Let's see how that goes. Um, But, um, yeah, I've been away on the hiatus. But, you know, um, after we come off of what is definitely the front runner for both fight of the year and event of the year, you know, how could I not come back to talk about that a little bit? Just a little bit. Hell yeah. All right, boys and girls. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Chikadze beating Barboza, and it's going to be real quick. We feel bad for Chikadze because he's on a roll. If somebody could pull up his uh, – what what the role he's on right now because he's – I think he's officially a guy. Uh, you beat Edson Barboza and finish him, you're a guy. Um, let's try to get that up and we talk about him. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Jake Paul-Tyron Woodley fight. Um, where a bunch of people are like, oh, Woodley clearly threw this fight because, you know, he just he just wasn't throwing enough. And it was clear none of those people have ever seen Tyron Woodley fight ever. Uh, Breaking news. Nine wins. Giga, nine wins in a row. Nine wins in a row? Yeah. How many of those left. are in the UFC? Oh, uno, dos. I, I don't believe that's the correct usage of breaking news. Seven? I mean, it, it was news to us. Bobby asked for it. There wasn't going to yeah. be a break for it. I had it just <laughs> hard left. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's not like he had eight wins an hour ago, and we just found out he beat How about a this? in a fight. Like, and now breaking he has news needs to get Bobby to shush. So can oh, yeah. How about breaking news? We've just learned it's nine straight wins. Okay, that, you know, okay, that would have worked. Let's <laughs> let's stop the whole show and do it over again. So we got to rewind this whole up. fucking thing. Make me edit for real. Um. Chikadze and Barboza, um, two dudes throwing heat, clashing shins. Everybody has a real good poker face there. Because I, if I, if Mark and I clash shins, we'd both be on the ground crying like little girls. I shouldn't mm-hmm. specify girls. Little children, weak, weak children, will be crying like them. Um, it seemed like right when Barboza was getting real comfortable in the second, towards you know, it was starting getting his getting his rhythm the way you know Barboza will. Well, the third round started, and Chikadze's like, "Oh fuck that." Um, put him out. I think about uh, how fast in the fourth third round did he put him down? It was pretty quick, I thought. Um, minute forty five. Minute forty five. So we got ourselves a new contender in the featherweight division. Um, 
I would. I don't know what's going on in that division except Volkanovski's fighting Ortega at some point soon. Um, yeah, a couple it, weeks. It looks like Chikaze was ranked ten. Barbosa was nine. Josh Emmett's number seven. God, I love Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett, you're just like he doesn't belong here at all. And then he goes and knocks someone out. Wonderful. Arnold Allen, number six. Give him Arnold Allen. Let's do that. All right, that's fine. Stefan has a look on his face where he's like, I've only been gone a couple months. When did Arnold Allen become a top six fucking featherweight? <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> at this point, at this point I can't Allen? name you six featherweight, so it's fine. <laughs> I know who Arnold Allen is. I accept it. I mean, right on. Um, Yeah, that was, uh, that was a big win for him. So we'll see where we go from here. Um, also on that card, we, uh, we crowned some Ultimate Fighters. No one here watched the Ultimate Fighter. Um, Can anyone who's not Bobby name what who the coaches were on this Ultimate Fighter that I didn't oh, know I was can. airing? I can. I can. That I can. We ran okay. into one of them. That's true. Well, we saw Bobby. him. In, we saw him in Vegas. Stefan. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You got that information. Who was it? Who are the coaches for my information? Volkanovski and uh, T City. Wow, I butchered Volkanovski. Wow, that yeah, was bad. That's okay. We didn't call him Volkswagen, right? Isn't that what uh, Anthony McKee called him? I heard. I just heard a head. I saw headlines. That's what he like, called. Wait, which one? The, the dad or the or AJ? The dad. The dad okay. said AJ is a freaking truck, and this guy's a Volkswagen. <laughs> there Does, was a, people don't bring signs to UFC events, right? I'm pretty no. sure you don't get to bring signs no. because I feel like you got to go to the Volkanovski with just a giant blown up poster of that rugby weight, baby. I need that that rugby photo. Of where my man Alex used to be. Yeah, but God, you do, so you do that, and then you're going to get into a fight with, you know, the affliction-wearing guy behind you who can't see. That's fair. Mike's not trying to fight uh, any of these affliction-wearing dudes. I saw lots of videos of people fighting. I'm not trying to fight nobody. The, I'm too skinny for that, man. Well, good thing you're not the Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley fight, because I saw three different videos of people fighting in the crowd. So they were they were fired up for this match. Um. Yeah. We'll get to that shortly. But though there was a point where, it, like, on the panel, I got the table there. There was whoever was the straight man, and then there was Logan Paul, and then AJ was sitting next to Logan Paul. There were a couple of points where AJ had a look on his face, like, "Why am I sitting next to this fucking kid? What is this? Huh? This is nonsense." I'm like, "I'm in a, I'm, I'm wearing nicer clothes. This bitch is wearing a fucking jersey." I mean, <laughs> I mean to be fair, AJ never boxed, as far as I'm concerned. I, uh, maybe he has like an amateur fighter pro fight. Mm. Logan Paul did just fight Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> this is the universe we live in. It's not that unexpected. He's on a commentary team where his brother also boxing is doing. Here, here, here's one thing that can be said. More people have seen Logan Paul fight than have seen AJ McKee fight. All valid points. That's, I mean, fair enough. For better it's, for worse. It's Bellator, man. I mean, I watched Mark get in a fight in front of a gas station once, and I feel more people watch that than watch fucking AJ McGee's last fight. All right? That, that was a scuffle. That was can a we, scuffle. Uh, can, we, can we talk about that? There is stuff we like. Can we come back? Can we uh, come back to that one? How Mark did like a women's MMA trip takedown on this motherfucker. And much like in those fights, it didn't really work, and then it was over. The best part about it was we thought they were playing, and then we're like, is this really happening? <laughs> okay. Um... But yeah, um, let's just fucking get into it because that's what's going on. Um, Tyron Woodley, uh, Jake Paul. Um, I remember when we saw the betting lines last week, we're like, ah, feels about right. Like minus 185 for this kid. We buy it. And then the fight, I think, played out to the point where I'm like, oh, the betting line was okay. <laughs> Makes sense. 
Uh, Marcus, Tyler mm. Woodley should have punched more. Yeah, that, that is the biggest <laughs> criticism, the easiest criticism you could take away from that. Um, I, I thought before this fight, it was interesting, right? Because this was definitely going to be a step up in competition, even though we all know Woodley has never, you know, boxed before. But, you know, being as accomplished as he was in the UFC, being a welterweight champion and also being a champion that has, you know, won fights with his hands. You know, that's something that like Ben Askren couldn't really say. Um, we knew that w- this was going to be a bigger challenge for him. And it was going to be interesting to see how he dealt with that. And so far, you know, what we've seen of Jake Paul, because I didn't see that amateur fight, because I think that one went the, the distance, I believe. But, like, we haven't really seen him fight very long. He's just been crushing cans, which makes you look awesome. You know, it makes him look like he's unbeatable, like he's Tyson-esque. So it was going to be interesting to see when he ran up against someone that he wasn't just going to be able to smash. And this fight was intriguing in this in the fact that, like, we got to see a lot more of Jake Paul and how he's improved. And honestly, for me, like, some of the shortcomings, um, you know, I think he ultimately, you know, we'll just get to the end. But he won a split decision. He won a lot of the rounds working on the outside, circling, just like, like Bobby said, just throwing more, you know, use, utilizing the jab a bit more, just being a bit more active. Uh, Woodley definitely was tentative. He wasn't throwing many punches. He was, you know, and he also wasn't boxing. um Jake Paul into the corners, right? You know, he, he had his opponent up against the the ring, but he allowed him to use lateral movement to get out of the corners until I, the later rounds. He did start trying to trap him a little bit and Jake did have to, you know, change his direction. But ultimately, you know, I, I think the big takeaway for Woodley and what he's kind of, you know, I think there was a couple moral victories. Um, one of them obviously being he didn't get clowned. He didn't get knocked out. He didn't get dropped. Um, he didn't get seriously hurt. And there wasn't really any big shots that, did any significant damage to him. Um, whereas, you know, he did land the best fight, the best shot of the night, you know, in the fourth round, he practically dropped Jake Paul. You know, he was up against the ropes and the ropes definitely seemed like they caught him and allowed him to stay upright. He bounced um, off the ropes. He got hit with another yeah, one. He, he went in deep. Like those ropes were, they had a little spring back for him. Cause he, he leaned against them hard. Cause he definitely lost his balance. If you know, not his cognitive ability to stand on his own two feet there for a second. And honestly, at that point, it definitely seemed like, oh, this is the momentum change that Woodley needs. You know, he needs a little wind under his wings here to show him that he can hurt this guy. He can do damage to him. And we saw Woodley get a little bit more active after that, but it still it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to materialize the the positions and shots he needed to win the fight. Um, And ultimately, I think for the end of the day, it it came kind of frustrating because it was definitely a narrative where this guy, if he just push the pressure a little bit more could probably win this fight and win these rounds, but he just wasn't. And, you know, and I think for all of us who watched a lot of Woodley, not surprising. We've seen him in this state before where he's very tentative to pull the trigger and his last fight, you know, we saw him overcorrect where he went too nuts. He went too crazy and got caught. And I was hoping we'd see him kind of find a balance between those two, not well, being completely stagnant. Mm-hmm. I thought so. Cause I thought like, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm going to get Steph's thoughts on this. After the fourth round, I'm like, oh, we're going home. Like, he's going to, this is the fifth round. He's going to put this kid away because it looked like Woodley just was like, had found his distance, had was landing his shots. And then the fifth round came and he lost the round. I mean, Steph, I think that, I mean, that was kind of it right there is what it kind of felt like because he didn't build any momentum off of that great fourth. Yeah, it's tough to know why it was. Um, Was Woodley just his normal tentative self, but... Um, like, you know, ultimately when I give my hyperbolic take, uh, kind of towards the end of this discussion, um, I legit think Jake Paul deserves credit. He's improving at things. His jab looked better. 
He actually worked the body. He did connect on a good overhand. Like, Woodley was visibly, like, he, he felt some of those punches, you know? Because, you know, you could even say he, he respected his power too much, right? Because that's part of his tentativeness is why didn't he capitalize off of those big punches? You know, why didn't he turn it up later, right? Because usually that'll happen in a fight, right? Once you realize, oh, I can hurt this guy and his power can't hurt me, guys get more aggressive, right? And that never really happened for Woodley. So whether it was just him being trigger shy or maybe Paul made him respect him, made him respect him too much, but made him respect him. Um, but I will say about this fight, I don't know how you guys felt about it. That split decision was crazy. That I, had, was, I had six. That two. was nuts. Split decision. It was Adelaide. Bird. Was that was that Adelaide? No, it, it was Adelaide. It was Adelaide. No, it wasn't Adelaide Bird. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. No. Okay. Who was it? Oh, I know she was on the wrong side of two things. That might have been on the UFC. Yeah, side. yeah, she was on the UFC one. Is where she messed up. But, but that said, is just like I, you know, I would have been totally stoked to see Woodley win, but in no way did he win a unanimous decision. He was. Except for, like, the big punch round, he was down on basically every other round. You could have given him maybe one or two close rounds in there. Um, his little acting a fool about it, dude was treating it like it was pride rules, yelling, I landed the biggest punch in the fight, and therefore you win all the other rounds? Therefore you win eight yeah, rounds? Cause he, 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 he lost six rounds, for sure. I thought he might have won. I thought he won the last round. split decision to me. I thought he won the last round just because, like, he kind of realized, oh, I'm losing. He knew he was losing. I should do something by the eighth round. He won the fourth and he won the eighth. That was it. He lost six rounds. Mike, um, you fell asleep halfway through this. No, didn't fall asleep, but more like I was going in and out um, during the fight. Uh, after the fourth round, when Woodley got the big shot in, I was definitely awake for, for the rest of it. Um, and I got to say... Woodley thinking he won that fight, even with the most generous of, I think, uh, judging, I, I still don't see how he you won guys, more than three rounds. You guys are missing the point. This is Woodley. He's a businessman. Woodley's like, I just made all this money, and I feel fine, and I've already lost to him, so let's get paid again. And all I, right? All right, but first, I will give props to Jake Paul. Um, he went eight rounds. Um... So props to him. He, he had never gone more than, I think, what, one round before this. So we've shown that he at least has some stamina. Uh, however, I don't want to say that it's that Woodley respected his power, even though Jake Paul has shown that ability already. You can't say it's that Woodley respected his power, and that's why he didn't fire off. When we've seen for the last four Woodley fights in MMA, he's shown an inability to fire off. So is this because of Jake Paul or is this some mental thing that's just changed Man, he's 40 inside years old. Tyler Woodley's psyche? This is the way Tyler Woodley's been since he lost the belt. It's tentativeness. Let's, let's not totally like rewrite history. His last UFC fight, the dude fired. He yeah. fired. He like fought like Vanderlei Silva. Yeah, I, I, and happened? he got his ass knocked out. <laughs> he fought like so. Vanderlei Silva. That's what happened. <laughs> um. Yeah, he fired off, and look what happened to his ass. Um, I guess there'll be a rematch if Woodley gets that tattoo. Whatever. Yeah, don't do it. Um, no should not do that. No Whatever. amount of money is worth that humiliation. Wait, all right, that's that's not true. That's not true. There's a certain amount of money. He might be I'll getting get, paid that I'll amount get of money. You guys' names tattooed on me, saying "I love whoever." Wait, wait, that is how much? I don't think that's that expensive. 
Are we? Oh yeah, but are we, I was gonna say I think afraid. I think for, we're not obnoxious assholes on YouTube that then boxed you. I'll be honest. I don't think it's gonna even take five figures to get you to do that. No, no, no. no. It would take. All right, but you know we gotta also throw in these caveats. There we go. As as Mark said, as Mark said, it's not just me getting a tattoo saying I love Steph or something. It's that Steph has been clowning me on the internet for like six months. He has for nine years. We've been doing this nine years. He beats me in a fight, and then he says, "Oh, you want another shot at the champ, yo." Fucking brand yourself with my name. My, Mike, how how much you love Mike, you went from one of us to like, if I was in the exact same scenario in a fight. Like, well, yo, man, like Jay Z said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business. Yeah, anybody here gives I'm me nine. That money. Anybody here gives me nine grand cash. We can. I'll put a tattoo of your name. We'll, nah, we'll make yeah, it happen. I'm gonna say, Mike, you got to You got to add in that before the fight, I talk shit to your mama. <laughs> oh, let's. I just want to say that. Let's not. Let's keep the moms out of this. All right. Let's just keep it out. Especially Woodley's mom, who's no, like a wait, fucking saint. It, it, doesn't, like, has, uh, it doesn't, didn't seem like Jake Paul said anything. Kiesa no, with the best fucking like, name. When you fight, Steph, like Woodley's mom talks about your mama. It didn't seem like Woodley's mom was chirp. Woodley's mama don't chirp. Woodley's mama's a, a, a great lady. She, uh, yeah, she speaks the gospel. Mark, yeah. I sent it to Mark, but that uh, the meme someone made. Um, it's the one that's basically Arnold and uh, Carl Weathers from Predator. You know, doing, doing the like, handshake, doing the handshake when they want to say two things have come together. And Michael Chiesa's like, put it, put one of his name, Woodley, and it says respecting our mothers. <laughs> I was like, Bobby, oh, I like this guy so much. Whose arm was who in that scenario? I'm not going to draw a lot. <laughs> I was just, I was laughing so hard at that. Um, I like see colors. Stefan, <laughs> um, go ahead, man. What do you, what you wanted to, to take the lead here on Jake oh, Paul? Oh, my hot take? Yeah. I got my hot take. take. Look, so we're an MMA podcast, right? So the uh, the little the through line that connects MMA fans to anim- anime it's it's a little few and far between. Even though me and Mike account for half of this podcast, that is a outlier. Um, but I will say the amount of Jake Paul fans should one of those lost souls find their way to our podcast. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that they're an anime fan, so they're they're gonna get this. In which uh, Jake Paul is an anime protagonist. And not only is he an anime, he's Naruto Uzumaki. We're not in Shippuden, Mike. We're not at the total redemption. He's not the hero of the Leaf Village yet, but uh, he's a little blonde asshole. We find annoying. We find petulant. We find immature. All he does are stupid pranks, destroy property, be a general asshole, and everybody hates him. But you know what? He's actually a sad and hurt little boy. Because what did he say? He said... You know, he realized, oh, bullying when it's actually back at you, that sucks. When everyone on the internet hates you and clowns you no matter what you do, that fucking sucks. When he opened an anti-bullying organization, because he realized the errors of the way. It's like Nelson Muntz when he gave himself a ha-ha in the mirror. Got all teary-eyed, <laughs> and he was like, hey, that hurts. Like, Jake Paul out here fighting for MMA pay, taking less on this card, getting other people paid. He's just trying his hardest. And who? Wait, did that last part happen? Yes. Yeah. The bully thing. Because I was like, did no, 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 no. The taking less money thing. I'm pretty sure he didn't take less. Did he take less, or did he just get people paid more? Same difference to me. Uh, Got people paid more. Hey, if it comes out of your pocket or someone else or my pocket, it's a whole different conversation. Stefan, I'll give you as much of Mike's money as you'd like. All right, (laughs) let's put it that way. (laughs) All deal. All it's a deal. And just take it further. 
you need someone to believe in you. And our Aruka sensei in this case is Ariel Helwani. Because God bless him on the mic. What is the first thing he says after Woodley hits him? Is like, Jake Paul can take a punch. This is a man who's been a welterweight champion. Knocked out people with that straight, right? He can take that punch. He came back in later rounds. It's like, oh, he's got a second win. He didn't just gas out. He won those rounds after he got knocked silly, right? So what was uh, Ariel saying throughout the night, and I respect him for it, because he knows he's swimming up a hill against it. He said, I think we've answered the question. Jake Paul is a fighter. He's not a prodigy. He's not the next greatest thing, but he's a fighter. He's not CM Punk out there. He's not, you know, uh, fucking what's his name? Uh, Mickey, uh, Mickey Gall, as he famous. We said, tonight I'm fighting a celebrity, right? <laughs> Jake Paul acquitted himself of that. You might, you might think it's overhyped that he doesn't deserve the spot. He generates the views. He generates the, the clicks. And he's doing it, right? If He started an anti-bullying organization. That's a fucking wonderful thing, you know? Him saying that boxing helped him, like, find focus and discipline. That's what we say in the hood, too. All these boxing gyms in Oakland... That's one of their big things is they get kids off the street, you is know? He, is he the one who dated the very attractive woman from the Marvel show? I don't I, – it's a thing. Is the, there? I don't know which one's which. I was going to say, I'll give him props believe, for that one. <laughs> I believe that was Logan Paul. But he's he's not the Suicide Forest one. That's the other older brother. Logan the Paul. But the older suicide. brother is also the one that people have come around on more on being an adult a little bit. I or is that yeah. – I don't know. That's my understanding. Because this is which is the one that went looting during the uh, George Floyd protests. Was that Jake <laughs> or was that Logan? <laughs> I, my brother, Logan. my brother described it as Logan's the one. Uh, Jake's the one with the guns, and I'm like, w- w- where were their guns? I didn't know there were guns in this story. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, anyway, just to wrap it up. Like all I'm saying, Mike, you're still just the townspeople. You're still the Leaf Village. He needs to save you from pain, flattening the whole world. You know, when when Jake Paul somehow knocks out global warming, you're going to be thankful that he was the hero we needed. But, um... Mike, you're calling you a villager. You going to take that? I (laughs) will say the way that that you described it, uh, Steph, I understand your vantage point from it. I still think you're dead wrong, but I can see your viewpoint. Um, We're just going to keep earning respect one fight at a time. You see, but Jake Paul is just an asshole, all right? There's the difference, though, all right? I still think he's doing all that shit for show. I think he's doing all that bullying shit. I think that's all for show. I don't believe him. He needs more people. I mean, who cares why he's doing it? The money's still green, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Dustin said, you know, hey, the, the kids in Louisiana got Connor's money one way or another. Yeah, but um, I also want to chime in because one of the rare few headlines I did see the real winner of this week. Um, that's my man Ben Askren because uh, the one headline I said Ben Askren says if Tyron loses to Jake Paul too, he'll feel much better about his loss. <laughs> and so now we know Ben Askren feels better about himself, and everyone needs some self esteem. Woodley Woodley took one for the team. Oh no. Um. Okay. I thought Ariel and Mormoro. It made me yeah. so happy to Ariel and Moro together. I I know when Moro when we first, I first started watching Strike Force, I was like I wasn't into Moro at first because I'm like I wasn't used to him. But I've come to appreciate Moro as probably the most versatile announcer. I mean, he is almost by definition in all the combat sports. Moro will call whatever you fucking tell him to call if people are throwing hands. That's so true. Real hands, fake hands. 
if there's a fucking wizard wrestler coming out, Moro's got you. He'll give you a fucking run the jewels reference in there too. Moro is there for everything. And I know Moro and Ariel have a really good relationship. And I know Ariel was really excited to work for him, work with him. Cause he talks about how Moro like came on his pot, came on his radio show when he was a student at Syracuse and stuff. Um, so I know he was really excited about that. I thought that was a good announce booth overall. Um, with Ariel and Moro and, um, was Al Bernstein was the third, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they put. I almost uh, the thing about Showtime, the way their production is, I've got it makes you take this all more seriously. Like compared to like there wasn't eight concerts going on. No, yeah, but, I was gonna say you well, mean like because it wasn't the shit show that the last one was. Well, I mean the last one. I mean same with Floyd and Logan though. It was on Showtime and it was a much cleaner presentation, a sports presentation. We got Triller coming out next with um in a, on nine eleven. 20th anniversary, oh. Tito versus uh, Anderson Silva, De La Hoya versus um, Vitor Belfort, which I, I swear to God, has anybody told Anderson he is on the undercard of Vitor's fight? Because I feel Anderson is just going to pull take out his wallet because, you know, he keeps a picture of it of it in there, of his foot. Let me just chime in real <laughs> quick on my uh, praise of Jake Paul. Uh, again, it's, it comes to who's getting the money. Anderson fighting Tito. I don't like seeing Tito get paychecks. No. You know who Jake Paul – I love Nate Robinson, the little basketball player. Mm-hmm. I love Ben Askren, the boring wrestler. I like Tyron Woodley, the black champion that Dana White hated. The three guys that Jake Paul got paid, I like all three of them. So there's another good – So you don't, you're not hoping for the Jake Paul Masvidal fight is what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Correct. I do not sure. want Masvidal. He got enough Trump ad money. We yeah. know all those funds got squandered. Um. By the way, we've already passed by the UFC, but it's time for a shout-out to Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey. The other guy lost two points in the first round. Okay? Oh <laughs> Sam Alvey lost 28-27 across the board. Okay? And he was incredulous when the judge's decision was, sco- was scored. And to quote Ben Folks, I don't know what Sam thought was going on in that fight. But he fought the same way he did in his other five losses in a row. <laughs> I'm going to say something mean, but oh, no. it has to come with the caveat that I've known of Sam Alvey before he went in the UFC. I've been a fan of him, but currently his UFC stint is like the turd that just won't go down the drain. It's just swooping around and around, and you're like, you're done. It's going to happen sooner. Like, I, well, how is he still in the UFC? They cut off. They cut so many good. They're talking about cutting. Like Keith, and eight. They're talking about Kevin Lee being done. I know. Yeah. Oh, and then God. like Sam Alvey's contract is up. And apparently they asked Data White about it, about he's like, he's done. Right. And Data's like, he always brings it. <laughs> it's like, what? when? But he doesn't. He <laughs> doesn't bring it. But he does have pictures of Dana White, obviously. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> I love you, Sam. I'm sorry. I don't want you to lose your job. You have a very attractive model wife. God, I mean, maybe this is part of why you're, she's she's keeping you around, my friend. I hope you keep your job. But, whew. I mean, last what are they paying him? Fights, sixteen and sixteen. Last seven fights, he's o six and one. He got a draw in there. Thank God. That probably saved him a couple more fights. But he's lost seven fights in her. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, he beat uh, Volante. Two three years ago. What happened so to Volante? What's, jo- what's John Volante up to? I like Volante fights. Stefan had the most sound logic in the history of us doing DraftKings, where he's like, "It was Volante versus somebody else." And Stefan's like, "In Volante fights, everybody gets hit. That's gonna be lots of points." 
it worked out. <laughs> they were like, they just they just both clubbed each other. I forgot who it was. Yeah, it'll be a very beat em up decision, or it'll be a late, late knockout when it all falls apart. Um, all right. Uh, Sam Alvey, last one, June 1st, 2018. That was a long time. And it was a split, so he barely won. Yeah, I mean, looking at his record is insane. He's been in this UFC an insanely long amount of time. I can't believe it. He started in what 2014, so it's been seven years. And dude has been at. That's probably why. You know what it is? Dana's like, look it. There's better fighters out there. But every time I call this motherfucker, he answers the phone. He says yes right away, and I say, "Can you do it for five and five? And <laughs> like, "A okay, boss. We're good." <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I really hope Sam Alvey because there's like there's not a nicer, sweeter guy in this. Sport. Sam, I'm I, taking a huge well, I remember the last week oh. where you guys—I mean, he's not as nice of a guy apparently, but you guys savaged the motherfucker who was on the intro of our podcast where you're shitting on Brian Caraway. <laughs> oh, that's easy. He's still an ATV <laughs> from Misha Tate. Yeah. That's easy. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. I don't think it was allegedly. I'm pretty sure he did it allegedly. She okay. <laughs> um. Maybe. Let's talk about this guy, Marcus, fighting this weekend because we're not going to make a pick in the fight. But um, mm-hmm. you and I have been having this guy on our radar for a little bit. I don't know how long you've been paying attention to who he is. Right. Uh, Took me a second to think about who you were talking No, I'm about. talking about Patty the Batty Pimblet, who, which, right. by the way, is the only person on the main card without a Wikipedia page and one of the ones I definitely know who he is. Um, That's kind of insane. Okay, England, good job not making a Wikipedia Well, do you know, what, you know what it is, man? Honestly, no, do you know what it is? These, these uh, Wikipedia power users who I love and are great and make Wikipedia a great place. However, sometimes they get it in their crawl. They're like, no, this guy doesn't matter. Because I remember no, no one would make a Justin Gaethje. Who, they kept deleting the Justin Gaethje Wikipedia page when he was the champion of fucking um, whatever this company used to be called. What did PFL used to be called? World Series. Of World fighting. Series. He was World Series of Fighting Champion, and like they wouldn't make a Wikipedia page for him. And I'm like, good, good point, Bobby. Because also on the when you do the Google UFC events, which I always do for the show, uh, he doesn't have a fucking picture. Yeah. They got pictures of all these other schmucks, and it's like I thought this guy was a big deal. I watched his fights. I'm excited. Um, Patty, Patty the Batty, kind of in terms of fighters um, in Europe. I don't think anybody's gotten this much hype since Connor, probably. Just on the regional right. scene in the UK, um, he's from Liverpool. He's sixteen and three. He's twenty six years old. Um, it took him a while to get here, but he has been in Cage Warriors, which is the best promotion, I believe, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, has been for quite some time. Um, for a while now, he's sixteen and three overall with five knockouts, seven submissions, four decisions. He's a very well rounded fighter, Marcus. And we're gonna see him fight a guy who I don't know who he is at all. I don't know who Luigi. It's another. You know what it is? It's another British um, mixed martial artist. I wonder if they just like called up fucking Cage Warriors and said, "We'll just take that. We'll we'll just take that fight. It's fine." I mean, legit, Bobby. Like, there could be like a storied history here. These guys have fought eight. No, times. I, I mean, no. Know. This guy's had three UFC fights. I'm kidding. Um, but okay. But you want to talk about Patty the Batty for a moment? Because I think people should yeah, be excited. No, I mean, if they're gonna watch yeah. this card. <laughs> this was definitely a guy that wasn't on my radar, and I think some MMA site did a, a story on him or something. And I saw it. And then mostly I saw a picture of him in Sakuraba pants. And I was like, Ooh, a gentleman after my heart. Um, and then looking into him, uh, you know, using the fight pass or whatever, uh, the kid, I mean, not only is he insanely skilled, he's a really good grappler. 
Um, his stand-up is a little... I mean, first and foremost, he's an extremely exciting uh, exciting fighter. Uh, his grappling is phenomenal. He's He's gotten, I think, a couple flying triangles. Like, he's definitely a guy on the ground that's extremely dangerous. In the clinch is, you know, has good strikes with knees and, cl- and clinch work there, but also will just jump into a flying armbar or a triangle and has succeeded and got those. And if not, he's definitely one of these grapplers which is like, okay, I'm going to fly up for a triangle and if I don't fucking get it, if you're dumb enough to stay on the ground, like, we are moving. Like, this dude does not rest on the ground. He's not some jujitsu guy who's going to sit and guard and try to patiently wait for that armbar to expose. He's going after shit and scrambling. Um, and it's been a really exciting fighter. And I'm going to say, even outside of the skill, you know, something we've talked about before, you know, to become a, a major, you know, superstar in this sport, you either need to garner those belts, you know, obviously becomes a champion, you get a lot of attention, or just have the charisma of someone that, you know, draws eyes like a Conor McGregor and some of the other guys, you know, Nate Diaz. This guy is, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. This is one of probably the only times I give a shit about someone's entrance. I want to see his entrance because in the UK, obviously, he's extremely well known. He has a, a very big fan base. And what song does he come out to, Bob? Do you remember? I can't remember if it's like it's like part sandstorm and it's some other shit. But like and I think it's like a soccer song or some shit. But like everyone gets hyped. He's fucking hyped. Like he's just like he's getting his uh, Vaseline on and he's just like fucking powering up. And then he goes out and has a crazy fight. Like he's definitely someone that I hope succeeds uh, in the UFC because he's definitely someone that I want to see more of. And I hope that, you know, the big MMA community can get a good look at him. And, you know, appreciate him for what he is, which is like an extremely action packed, fun fighter who's good on the mic. Um, So I I just, you know, you never want to I don't like putting too much hopes on any person to like, you know, win or be successful. You know, that's on them. And, you know, I have nothing to do with that. I'm just here as as being a spectator. But I do hope like some of the other kind of big stars, he does get, you know, some some time in the spotlight and get some of that um, recognition that I think he deserves because he has all the makings of a star. He's extremely talented. His fights are extremely fun. And outside of the fights, he's extremely charismatic and fun loving. And there's a lot of energy. So I think, you know, there's potentially a star in the making here, but he's got to win the fights. And he's in a weight class that is extremely difficult to kind of get ahead of. But like, you got to win know, like a couple fights. years. Yeah. If Patty's <laughs> fighting like Gaethje and uh michael chandler like if he succeeds here and fights some of these really tough guys like there's gonna be like potential of really fucking good fights and another you know extreme talent at lightweight so that's very exciting so hopefully it pans out you know we'll yeah. see he has to get past luigi first um but I- i'm i'm gonna i might not even watch the main event but i'm definitely gonna watch that fight. well depending on who wins the main event you're gonna know what happened i think if it's a certain guy winning a certain way sure. um by the way it was supposed to be paul craig versus alexander gustafson on this card too which uh, mm. I didn't know was even happening, but now that I think about it, I'm like, okay, that, that sounds like fun. a good that sounds like a good time. I don't Alex dealing with that guy would have been entertaining. Um, you said Michael Chandler. I'll be remiss if I didn't point out that when uh, the we got vaccine FDA approval. That's right, because Michael Chandler said he was waiting on that, and then people are like, "Cool, Mike, it's it's time for the vaccine," and Mike's like, "I'm not doing that," and man, woo. He got roasted on those Twitter replies. And you know, it's MMA fans where they're like, oh, you just scared of Gaethje. You don't want to fight Gaethje for real. Um, I thought people are under the impression that you had to be vaccinated to compete in New York State. Turns out there is an exception for performers. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing. 
Um, which I guess I wasn't surprised about. I don't think the entire WWE roster, entire AEW roster are going to be, you know, performing. Because it's all the indoor masks. It's the indoor mandates. It's all the venues is what it is, right, Mike? The venues are demanding the public to be vaccinated, right? Correct. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so we'll see. Because um, we have Gaethje and Chandler book now, which just sounds like a good time, guys. Sounds like a really good time. Um all right, let's talk real quickly about this uh, card this weekend, which between Darren Till and Patty the Batty, it not happening in Liverpool. I mean, I get there's a pandemic, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe maybe we got to put these guys on the same card again together because mm, be I know um, when Liverpool, when last time they were in Liverpool with Darren Till, he main evented against Wonderboy Thompson, and I contend he didn't win that, but it was a close fight, and he showed up like eight pounds overweight, but he comes out to. Um, Sweet Caroline, which if you're a Liverpool football fan, song means something to you. So there's that. Is that is that like their song? Yeah. yeah. Why that song of all songs? I don't know. It's a fun song to sing, man. You get the Red Sox fans sing that shit. It's a good time. But, 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 you know. Yeah, but time. if you're an American, Bob, it unfortunately got associated with a stupid car commercial. And, mm. uh,. I'd hear people sing that to each other way too often. And it was already a little bit played out by that point. Yeah. So once you're in a Kia ad with a white guy singing it to a white girl at a stoplight, um, yeah, we're done with that song. My my association with that song is that Caucasians really love it. Yeah, they do. Mark, how do you feel about it? I didn't really know about it, but <laughs> once I heard about it, it was like, oh, Easter. this is fun. Eastern <laughs> Caucasians, baby. Eastern Eastern Seaboard Caucasians. I mean, whatever. Uh, I'll speak for my white brethren. <laughs> one song. I only know that chorus, but you know, everyone wants to sing it. You know what? I mean, we no one was coming from the coming from that title, but for a hot minute, you thought shipping up to Boston was going to be the new the white people song, huh? You thought that was going to be it. Post departed. Didn't make it all the way up to those levels. Um, this is a uh, not a great card, as I've been mentioning these last month. This whole last month basically has just been like. Fight, all these cards could have been, you take the main events and make a decent fight night. This one, especially losing Gustafson and um, and Craig, it was kind of rough. Um, also, I don't believe the original matchup was supposed to be this, um, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't Darren Till supposed to fight somebody else? And Derek Brunson took this thing on short notice. Am I imagining that? Someone see if they can figure that out. Um, who was supposed right. to be in this thing originally? Um, Darren uh, Till. I think he's supposed to do Marvin Vittori. That's what it was. He was scheduled to fight him before, and then uh, Till had to pull out broken collarbone. He was replaced with Kevin Holland. It's all there on Wikipedia, baby. Okay. Um, so Darren Till, Derek Brunson, um, they're going five rounds. Um, but on the undercard, a couple names worth pointing out. Sergey Spivak, heavyweight to keep an eye on, um, out of Moldova, I, I believe. Um, coming on off of three straight wins. Um, he's only 26 years old. Um Khalil Roundtree is on the card. Alex Morono. Meatball Molly, Molly McGann's out there, too. Um, there's people here or there. But this isn't great. Um, this could have said LFA, LFC at the uh, at the top of it, and you would have bought it. You'd have been like, okay. I guess they cut Till and Brunson, finally. And it was a regional show. Um, betting odds for this one. Stefan, do you have it? I do. I will also say on this card, mostly because I think of her for non-fighting reasons, but... Uh, says Arian Lipsky is on this, and I always think of the time where Dominic Reyes uh, publicly hit on her on Twitter oh, yeah. for everyone to say, Dominic, she's married. Like, <laughs> Dominic, 
you're not even in DMs. You're just in the open, in public, hitting on this married woman. Um, but that said, uh, Darren Till versus Derek Brunson. Um, I haven't been around for a minute, so I know you guys have been craving those bullshit FanDuel odds. So we have Darren Till at minus 196 favorite to uh, Derek Brunson's plus 158 underdog. I'm picking Derek Brunson. In the way you think Derek Brunson would win this fight. Over 25 minutes. Um, there'll be danger for the first minute or two, where Derek Brunson, in, 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 for no reason at all, thinks he's a kickboxer. Um, but we'll avoid that, and then Darren Till will be on his ass for the next 23 minutes. That's my pick. Stefan. Uh, Darren Till, um, not super sold on it. I am sold on the potential. This is a boring fight to be incredibly high. Yeah. Um, I could see two counter strikers not taking action in this one uh, pretty easily. Um, but like you said, Till, he's a sprawl and brawl kind of guy. But that said, I feel like I can picture a lot of scenarios where he's out grappled that He's not quite as strong there as you think he might be. Well, he's also, um, I mean, him at 85 isn't the giant he was at 172, right? There's that too. With, that's yeah. true. He yeah. was carrying a massive weight size, but, you know, he, he's kind of underperformed. He's not lived up to his billing, but I still believe there's a more talented prospect there than we know what Derek Brunson is. He's a pretty high level gatekeeper, right? Um, if you beat him, you're a legitimate fighter. I think Till's a legitimate fighter, so. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be a good fight, so this could be a questionable split either way at the end of it. Mike? Brunson. Brunson's 4-0 since his loss to Adesanya, and I always love a man who looks like Simon Phoenix. Mark? Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going with Till, but it is hard to... I, I think one thing... He's got to have a little bit of confidence, even though he lost in his last fight against Whitaker. I think going five rounds with him and kind of lasting it has to make him feel like I can at least hold my myself in this. I don't remember how, that, how well that fight went. I'm already talking myself out of this tilt pick because I do think, yeah, the scenario that you guys play with Derek Brunson out wrestling him. Obviously, we when you look at Darren Till, he hasn't fought a ton of wrestlers and has really been exposed to the those type of guys that use that game plan. And when you think about like his last fight that was someone that style was Gastelum but we've seen Gastelum not be able to implement that type of game plan at 185 who won that fight a tilted he won a decision I barely remember um that. okay yeah so it, this is a really close fight I think it's really tough to pick because either way it plays out and I kind of agree with Steph too like if Till's probably going to win this fight maybe he gets done early with some kind of strike because Derek can be a little sloppy um but I I also wouldn't rule out a slow, methodical fight that has a lot of them staring. And maybe Till can win rounds that way by throwing a little bit more of like, like the push kicks and stuff and just kind of keeping him away. I don't know. I think it's a close fight. Um, and but I think it's a close fight, but like the outcome is mostly probably going to be boring. <laughs> like I, I have a feeling it's not going to be an exciting fight. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope Till and, and Brunson can really, you know, mix it up and, and let their hands go and wrestle and grapple and, and scramble. But the reality is probably like, it's probably going to be a five round decision and whoever wins, it's probably not going to do it in the most exciting fashion, probably the most safe fashion, but we'll see. I'd be love to be proved wrong next week. Yeah, we're picking one fight. As I mentioned, this card's not good. So, um, I, it's interesting, despite the lack of relevant fights, everybody's running shows this month. A lot of shows. 
Um, someone could have, um, wow, Jake Paul retired as I try to pull up MMA junkie. Great. Nice going out on top. <laughs> Smart move, kid. Uh, I didn't like going eight rounds getting punched in the face. I'll Fuck this. Face. I am going home. Um, one championship running a show this weekend. Um, yeah. KSW in Poland doing their thing. KSW used to do, I think KSW has barely run shows. And they were probably the biggest peer, uh, organization in Europe, period. You know, uh, for a while there. Pujanowski probably couldn't fight this whole time, Mark. Couldn't send Puj out there to take care of business. Mm, shame. Um, all right, let's do um, stuff we like. Unless some news happened, which I guess there didn't. Um, I've been spending the last couple of weeks talking about wrestling a bunch and talking a lot. I haven't got a lot this week, so I'll just lead it go real quickly and say um, I've been rewatching The Sopranos. And I feel Mike specifically should be watching The Sopranos. I know you probably have before. Funny enough, okay. I have been re. I, well, I can't say I've been rewatching The Sopranos because, in all honesty, I never really watched it the first time. Mm. So I'm actually going through the seasons now. I am on season start of season three now. Are you understanding why people from New Jersey love this show so much? <laughs> Do you understand? I mean, it's a good show. I don't think it's no. It is. Fun. It's a very good show. Um, Although I, I, I did send to uh, one of our group chats uh, a, a super cut of them saying Manakati, but in, no, like, it wasn't Manakati. Gabagool, I think Gabagool, it was, it was, Gabagool, Gabagool. Gabagool. <laughs> Anytime they were getting deli, like like a uh, cured meats, where's the Gabagool? Bring the Gabagool. <laughs> Which Sopranos is, funny, is honestly a really good show. But just one more thing on that. I'm sorry to butt it on your thing, mm-hmm. but okay. I, I asked by. My Italian friend, like from Italy, hey, do you say like say these words for me? And nothing like the Italians from the tri-state area. No, nothing like how they pronounce it. Not at all. Shit. Not at all. Not even a little <laughs> bit. But honestly, you guys should watch. Uh, if you've ever seen The Sopranos, it's a really good show. If you have HBO Max, um, you know what it is. I'm not going to try to describe what it is. It's a famous enough show. There, a lot of people still say it's the best thing HBO ever produced. Um, for a minute, people were trying to say Game of Thrones was that, but we don't, I mean, we don't even acknowledge the existence of Game of Thrones anymore as a people. Um, so the other thing I got is that I have built a PC with my little brother, and by I have built, he did most of it, if not all of it. I uh, helped. The RAM was in the wrong slots. I switched that shit over. Um, that was me nice. right here, baby. I was going to say, Bob, I thought you just provided a credit card number. Um, God bless the kid. He gave me a processor and he gave me a power supply. Okay, he didn't do that either. No, I, I, I bought the graphics card, which people out there try to buy graphics cards. I've learned your pain, man. Shit's rough. It's a hustle. Yeah, I had to, I had to buy a bundle. Um, I ended up. I was all months. proud of Eddie because he's like, oh, I own shares in Nvidia, and then he, he, he kind of embarrassed me, like, I only have two shares. <laughs> yeah, um, I. Uh, I had to buy like a bundle because that's how you get shit now. I bought a graphics card and they gave me three months of Xbox Game Pass for the PC, which I should probably figure out what that is exactly. Nice. Um, it is great. And then uh, another power supply, which I gave to my brother because he had given me one. And I got uh, this terrible mouse somewhere over here, which one of you can have. Um, but yeah, um, I it's kind of nice when you build a PC that when you have to install Windows and stuff, you're like, Oh, I don't have to spend an hour deleting shit that Dell or fucking, you know, HP threw on this thing. This is nothing on it entirely. Um, but it was a fun to do. I'm not a big computer gamer at all. This is kind of wasted on me, a lot of the stuff on this. But I, a lot of it was just fun to do with my brother. 
Um, he brings me endless entertainment, and this was a good time, and we're both at the house still, so it was fun to do. That was nice. that was it. That's all I got this week. Mark? <laughs> uh, yeah, super light week. Uh, I was just actually trying to think of stuff I checked out this last week. Um, I guess there's a one gaming thing. There was a uh, Gamescom happened last week, I believe. Um, and honestly, there wasn't a ton that I saw that I was like super excited about. Um, except there is a new Marvels game coming out from the guys that did XCOM and XCOM Two called uh, Midnight Suns, spelled with a U, which I guess is confusing because there was a comic book that w- in Marvel called Midnight Suns, but it was spelled with an O, and I don't know why they changed it. Like I don't understand that. Um, but it's kind of more like a like gothic mythic kind of uh, storyline, I guess. So like Ghost Rider and. Doctor Strange, uh, and of course, you got to throw Wolverine and Iron Man and all the characters people know now. Um, but that always seemed like a really uh, cool combination to me. Like I, I like the XCOM games, but some of the permadeath stuff was always got like a little made me too scared to really get in there. And like I was like, oh, I don't want to kill anyone. It's like you do on missions. Like okay, we got clean. Let's save and stop for the day. Um, but this is definitely going to be a different type of game. It's not going to be permadeath. And I guess you. From what it sounds like, it sounds like XCOM and Fire Emblem kind of mixed together because there's going to be like a hub world and you can give your companions and superhero teammates gifts. And they fucking said one of their headlines I saw was like, you're not going to be able to romance Tony Stark. You're just going to be really, really, really good friends. And it's like, okay, cool. But why even mention it? Um, So that that was interesting. And there was a couple of decent things I thought was kind of cool. Um. The only other thing I caught wind of that I've only watched one episode of it, and I don't know if Steph or Mike have heard of this. Uh, it's a super old anime from the 80s, but it's been going on forever. It's called City Hunter. Have you guys ever heard of City Hunter? I don't think it's still going on. I'm pretty sure it so, came out in the 80s and ended. You'd be right. And then they've had you'd be right. Subsequent they did series. a shit ton of episodes in like the 80s, early 90s. Because like one of them is called City Hunter 91 because it started like in 88. But it has been when I looked it up, it's been a series that's kind of been like going on for a while, except for from 1999 to 2019. They came out with a film. And I think that's I just saw YouTube videos of like this cool action scene. And it was always about City Hunter. And I watched like a fight scene. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. Um, and I checked out the first episode. And I mean, it's an it's an adult 80s cartoon from, uh, you know, anime uh and so like the main protagonist is kind of like extremely cringy in today's thing where he's just like a complete womanizer sexually assaulting all the ladies like oh i'm under the table creeping up on you it's just like dude this is gross but the action and i really like the animation style of like the early 80s anime just had like a really cool hand-drawn like a lot of different scenes with a lot of action and like full body posing and moving yeah mike what you got I believe about a year ago, uh, two years ago, I was able to binge a bunch of the episodes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's I why I watched think, my one. I think the whole first season, I think, is still on YouTube. Yeah, I watched, I think it was the first episode of the first season. And then, like I said, there's it's been going on. There's a lot of stuff to, to watch. I don't even know what the clip was, but they did do a 2019 like animated film. And I think maybe it's on Netflix. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I randomly also- stumbled over. Mm-hmm. A live action uh-huh, City Hunter with, uh-huh, starring Jackie Chan. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and I was like, like <laughs> I feel more compelled to watch that than the version you are talking about. So I will spoil the the thing that when I was watching the first episode, I was kind of like, okay, I kind of like this. It's like it's like 
over macho cool like shooter guy stuff but like he's in this standoff and he has like this big gun and the guy walks in front of a window and he's like you can't shoot me because your magnum bullet will go through me in the glass into like the shopping area so then like the guy shoots and he's like oh you shot him and it didn't go through him how'd you do it so he put his hand out in front of the gun first and shot through his hand i was like okay that's cool that's badass i'm kind of on board um but yeah that's what i got this week mike uh, not too bad. Um, I guess for me, there's not too much. I guess the only really thing I can think of is that uh, me and a friend from here back home, uh, we got to reminiscing how we used to play Dungeons and Dragons when we were kids. And now that we're adults with disposable income, I went home that night and I bought the core rule books and we're starting to get back into it. And uh, it's been nice to really dive into uh, to my sexless past as a uh, as a twelve year old, thirteen year old. Um, what, what, what class race we rocking, Mike? Well, I'd be honest. At twelve years old, I'd hope so. You know, I hope it true. was that's a, that's absent a at twelve years old, whether consensual or otherwise. I'd hope so that it's just how, not happening. How right, should well, it I be happening? At 12. I was still playing D anD D until I was about fifteen, sixteen, and yeah, still sexless. Then. That's still so. fine. Then at that point as well, Mike. Uh, uh, no, you are all perfectly okay. At least in two thousand and two, two thousand and one, you start getting judged at that point in my high school. Um, but anyway, uh, you know. Try not to get off the point. Um, yeah, so I have been prepping to be the uh, DM for when we eventually play. Um, it is kind of like restudying something that you have completely forgotten. About four different new editions have come out, so all of the old stuff you used to know uh, doesn't matter anymore, and you got to relearn everything. And uh, it's been fun, just uh, reading books and trying to figure shit out. Haven't even played yet, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So, nice. uh, fifth um, edition. Fifth edition. Yeah. Nice. Um, I stopped by the Complete Strategist, which is a tabletop store um, here in Manhattan. It's been around since I was like 12, 11 years old. Uh, went in and for shits and giggles, just uh, bought some figurines and uh, some dice, and it was nice. So. If you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, and you're a child with a few friends with nothing to do, uh, you should give it a shot. Right on. Now, Stefan, feel free to talk about the last month, or not. But what is the stuff you like right now? <laughs> Look, my, Bob, my memory's not good enough these days to go that far back. So we'll go as far back as just a handful. Um, yeah, I, I really. It's hard for me to tell you. I, I couldn't, honestly. Um, I'm sure I've played a lot of the same games and everything. But I, I did actually kind of touch on some new stuff this week. Um, in my world of K-pop, uh, Stray Kids, um, they are a boy group on the same label as uh, groups like Twice and Itzy um, that I've mentioned being some of my favorites in the past. They're a pretty rap-heavy group. Um, they had a hit called God's Menu, which got pretty big even here in america just because uh it's much more western friendly like rap hip-hop influence sound um but they have a full-length album out so i've been checking that out um what's been going on oh yeah I, I, mark you probably brought this up since uh you saw it back mm. when it was actually in theater release i'm sure possibly right, right. In a past episode but um i really wanted to see this movie when it was in theaters i just never made it around and it recently um, this past weekend became available for uh, VOD rental 
Um, so I finally checked it out. But um, little uh, A23 picture movie called The Green Knight. Um, starring Deb Patel, who I really only know as uh, Jamal from, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, but oh, I, yeah. I really loved that movie back in the day, too. Um, really good actor. Like, super art housey, Like, you know, like you could just tell immediately from the visual style and the framing of the shots. It is a very art house style movie, but um, I was talking to Mark about it since he saw it, and he did really like it too. Is uh, I'm not like shy to admit I watched it, really liked it, but at the same time was like, I'll admit I'm not smart enough to follow what's happening in this movie. Like I think I know what's going on in some of these sequences, um, but I definitely didn't. I'm just not as well versed and well read on my Arthurian legend. Um, as I was when we were children and, uh, you know, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice was one of my weekly shows, but, um, just super well-made, super atmospheric, super moody, you know, um, it's clearly working on that indie budget. Yet the pieces look amazing. The music is great. Um, Alicia Vikander is, uh, the female lead in the movie. Um, I, I'm one of the very few people who saw her turn as Laura Croft in that uh kind of tomb raider prequel movie but i liked her in it i like her as an actress um i think she's married to uh uh new magneto what's his name uh fastbender is a girl it's a handsome son (laughs) of a bitch it's a handsome (laughs) son of a bitch look i I think they both win in that pairing you know his star might be a little bit bigger but they're they're both mutually attractive people so uh everyone wins in that scenario but um yeah just really really love that movie um but speaking of movies that's one I did not see in theater. Um, I'm going to take a risk uh, this either Thursday or Friday, fellas. Um, I'm going to enter into the cesspool where the Delta variant reigns. Um, but I'm seeing the Shang-Chi premiere. Uh, I've I've come to grips with it. I'll have a tremendous wave of anxiety as I sit in this uh, theater. Um, so I'm going to try let to me, be let me tell you stuff. choose a nicer one. But It's not going to be full. I'm not I, expecting it to be. I, I mean, but here's I the sw- thing, Bobby. Hmm. In a partially filled theater, I hear the conversations of the other people more. And you know what? Even one conversation is louder than how I've been watching movies at home. Like, I, I used to. I'm a guy who loved the theater experience, Bobby. Like, you remember back in the day? I kept all my fucking stubs. You had like a six year timeline of every movie I had seen in theaters. I mean, I is, is it time? Is it time we explain Bobby stuff on date night? Because it was you and me going to movies and seeing flicks. Because we had fuck else to to do. Opening night premiere of uh, Jessica Alba's Honey. We did do that. That that, that is not a movie that was buzzing on the streets. We saw it on opening night. You can't wait for second day. We got to get that first night box office. But yeah, yeah, so uh, it's look like, you know, I know there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. I know I'm going to have a lot of anxiety while I'm sitting in that theater. But um, talk about stuff we like. Seeing a Marvel movie premiere, that was my jam for like the last decade, right? Like, that's one of the most exciting things I could do in any given week is have a new Marvel movie opening, you know, and now it's the first Asian lead. It's Simu Liu from, you know, the show Kim's Convenience, which was has been a stuff I like thing, you know, that Mark discovered um, and he appreciated. So like... I got a lot of high hopes for this one. So um, you're seeing that, Mark seeing that, Mike, you seeing it this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to see it. All right, I need to see this, or I'm going to be bowing out of that part of the conversation next week. Um, 
There goes my idea of saying, Stefan, let's go see this movie this weekend. I, I mean, I guess I'm not invited to the premiere. It's fine. Stefan, go ahead, though. Anything else? <laughs> You're welcome to come, but, you know, I'm on, we're on different sides of the bay. I don't know That's how much true. I like traveling. Do you want to get COVID on my side of the bay or do you want to get it on yours? You know, dude, I I am on team Pfizer. I trust the vaccine. FDA approval, baby. Okay. <laughs> we Bobby already saw fast. Dude, I've been, I've been, I've I've was at a, I was at a wedding. I was at a wedding with 150 people. I understand your anxiety. So yeah, it's, it's understandable for sure. It takes it, it, the first time you start doing anything. You kind of are just like, this feels uncomfortable. Like when, when Mike and I were in that casino, we're like, well, if it happens, here we are. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, so anyway, um, you got anything else this week, though, brother? Uh, I mean, that's the big one, right? Like I said, um, seeing a Marvel movie from great big premiere is like it's truly one of the great things of my uh, second childhood, which is, I guess, my adulthood. But uh, I won't see times. it with you, Steph. But that same day we're watching it because by happenstance, I didn't plan it. I taking that Friday off, and I was like, "Oh, saying she's out." I also live extremely close to a movie theater. How fun would it be? Is it open? Yeah, it's open. It it fucking better be, Bobby. I just gave eleven dollars today for my Shang Chi. Oh no, because I was like, because I'm like driven through there, and I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, this theater. I mean, we're getting real granular here, but I remember like I bought lunch, and I didn't want to like I know where to go, so I literally just like popped my trunk and sat in the back. I'm like. I have an SUV. I sat in the back and just ate my lunch in that movie theater parking lot. And then I saw somebody else doing the same thing. And I'm like, is this place open? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> real talk, like, I would not be surprised if, like, they had to fence it off because they're shooting The Last of Us there. Because within a year, that parking <laughs> lot looked like it's been deserted for 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no one There's no one cutting the bushes. All the, the wildlife is overgrown. It looks like no one's been Dude, there. Dude, I, I, like I could go put a $20 bill in the middle of that parking lot and come back a week later and it'll still be there. No one's even driving in there, okay? Um, this is real. That was a real specific reference for you Danville heads and San Ramon Local heads. San Ramon, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oak Canyon Theater, if you know. Um... If you don't, now you know. Um, all right, folks, we'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about fuck. Are we? We're going to be talking about this fight card headlined by Anthony Goddamn Smith. Uh, actually, no, there is no fight card next weekend. We get a break. Bobby's blowing up. Yeah, there is no fight card this weekend. So um, this next weekend after this. So hell, we'll talk about something. We barely talk about MMA as is. Until then, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. See ya.